Hey everybody, so amazing to be with you guys tonight. My name is Jake, I'm one of the youth pastors here and it's just my utter delight um, to be with you guys. I feel so thankful in my heart um, to get to gather with you guys. And um, man, just love you guys and excited for this time of the night. It's just just goodness, more goodness, more goodness, more, more God. It's going to be awesome. Well, um, if you want, you can take out the handouts that are underneath your chairs. We'll be, um, you can take some notes. If you need a pen or a handout, I'm sure Joseph Ciccone would be able to help you out somehow. Um, yeah, so hey, if uh, you're new or something like that, welcome. I'm so, so glad that you're here. So, so, so stoked. And uh, we're in this series um, that we've been exploring this idea of culture shift. Everybody say that with me, culture shift. Culture shift. What is culture? Um, it's something that's a little hard to describe, but you definitely know it and you experience it, even if it's a little hard to describe. I like to think of it as it's kind of the vibe, you know, when you walk into a room. It's, it's also, you know, what we talk about. It's how we treat each other. It's how we treat people who are new. Yeah, it's, it's what we value and things like that. And here's, here's, a, here's a quick lesson. Um, Culture either happens by default or it happens by design. Culture either happens by default or it happens by design. And here at CA Students, we're just deciding that we're not going to have a default culture that looks a lot like um, the world's culture, but we're going to have a designed culture that looks like the kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, who is uh, the ultimate example of what love is. And so we want to be a culture of welcome. We want to be a culture of forgiveness. We want to be a culture of laying down our lives for each other. We want to be a culture that if somebody new walks in the room, uh, they don't have to, like, figure it all out by themselves, but people are welcoming them and saying, wow, what's your name? I'm so excited to see you. And we want the culture of Jesus. And here's another fun little lesson. Uh, how does culture happen? Like, how do we shape our culture? How do we design our culture? Well, culture is shaped by our actions, Right? So how we treat each other, what, what we do, what we, how we treat each other. And our actions are shaped by what we value. So it goes values, actions, culture. Values, action, culture. So if we want to have a culture that's by design, then we need to go all the way back to what we value. Right? And so that's what this series has been about, a culture shift. We want to talk about what are these things that we value so that we can look like Jesus, that we can look like the kingdom of heaven, that we can look like what the ultimate example of love is. And so we've been talking about some of these values, some of these cultures, right? The culture of faith, the culture of the unoffendable heart and forgiveness. Remember that? Wow. Jesus said, don't just forgive seven times, but 70 times seven. He's saying forgiveness is what it means to be a Christ follower because we were forgiven so much, right? We talk, Levi talked last night, or last week, amazing, joyful repentance, right? That we, would, that we would, before God, realize that he's coming not to enslave us, but to save us. And we would joyfully turn away that which is destroying us and towards Jesus who's saving us. And tonight, I'm so excited to talk about another value, another culture that really, guys, I'm so excited to talk about because ultimately, it's, it's, it's our anchor point. It's our reference point. It's you know, as we continue to build this family together, as we continue to build a culture that is like Jesus's culture, the kingdom culture, how are we going to build 
together, right? How are we going to stay on the same page? I'm so excited to talk to you about that culture. But before I do, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about me and Noelle's, my wife's vacation to Greece this summer. Uh, my beautiful bride right over there. What's up, Noelle? I love you. We, uh, we wanted to go on vacation. You can start going through some of those photos nice and, nice and slow. So that's, yeah, it's just beautiful. Me and Noelle, when we were trying to decide on where we wanted to go, we uh, thought, well, we'd love to go somewhere that's like historically relevant to the Bible, hashtag pastor life, uh, as well as we love the beach and we love the ocean. And so the Bible and the beach. And so we decided we had the privilege, the opportunity to get to go on a trip. And so we decided, let's go to Greece together, the Bible and the beach. And it was amazing. We had such a great time. It was just a wonderful time. The Greek oceans are beautiful. The Greek salads are delicious. And it was amazing. That's in Athens, which is a spot in the Bible. Um, Can you go to that next picture, AJ? So that right there, say on that one, that one is in the ancient city of Corinth. So some of you guys will know that uh, one of the people God used to uh, inspire the word of God uh, was this guy, Paul, and he wrote to the ancient city of Corinth, and that's where that was. So First and Second Corinthians. So we were there. That was awesome. Go ahead to the next picture, AJ. Give it up for AJ, by the way, doing all these slides. Heck yeah. So this is so cool. This is the Acropolis. Uh, it's kind of this ancient, like, it became like this emblem of, like, Western civilization. Really cool. It was built like 500 years before Jesus, right? Go to the next picture really quick, AJ. Look at that. Just stay on that picture for a second. It's been destroyed like multiple times, but that has remained. And just like look at that architecture. That thing is huge, by the way. And me and Noel, we were looking at this thing, and (laughs) I'm a pretty simple guy, and I was just like, okay, how did they do that back then? Like they didn't have like levels and lasers and like electric drills and stuff like that. Like, how did they do that, right? And I'm not even just talking about like the nice architecture, like the, you know, the sculpture and stuff. There's all these sculptures on the other side, but I'm just talking about like, how did they make those pillars so straight, you know? Like, how did they do that? And, uh, and I was thinking about it and I, I, re- I learned that one of the things that kind of um, people in the ancient world would use um, to build and masonry and stuff is this thing called a plumb line. Everybody say plumb line. Plumb line. So I brought a plumb line. And, uh, okay. Plumb line is a very sophisticated tool, it's a string with a weight on it. I know. And thanks to, thanks to our good friend, or arch nemesis, gravity, it makes a perfectly straight line once it starts kind of swaying back and forth. And so people in the ancient world would use this to have a perfect standard, right? A perfect vertical reference point, a.k.a. a very straight line. Um, and so they would use these things. In fact, even the ancient Egyptians probably used... Um, a plumb line to make the pyramids, which is crazy. I don't know how they did that still. But this was a really important tool. And plumb lines, again, they give you this perfectly straight reference point. What is reality? It gives you this, um, you know, boundary to go against. So if you're, like, laying bricks or something like that, and you have it, like, perfectly still, you can go all the way up, just boop, and you can build 
perfectly straight up because you have your plumb line. Did you know, by the way, horizontal is level, but vertical is not level. It's plumb. Plumb line. That was free. Plumb line. I know. I know. So this plumb line, this plumb line is a reference for reality. It's a reference for what's true. It's a reference. It's a standard. It's an anchor point. And CA students, my, my friends, my family, what I wanted to, one of the things I wanted to ask you tonight is, what are you using as a plumb line? Guys, how are you answering the biggest questions of life? What is true love? What makes a truly beautiful, God-honoring relationship? What is going to matter when you're on your deathbed? What, who is God? Why do I exist? Why do I matter? How do you answer those questions? What is the plumb line that you've been using? Because a lot of people use a lot of different supposed plumb lines. But what I would want to offer tonight is that the Christian claim is that the creator of the universe stepped into history and he offered us the one true plumb line in his word and that the God's word is the ultimate plumb line. It's the ultimate reference for reality, for what is true, to be able to truly answer those questions. All other plumb lines are going to end up leading you skewed and you're going to use something that's going to cause you to fall one day. But the plumb line of God's word will lead us to truth, to be able to build a life, to build a family, to build a culture that actually looks like Jesus. I want to talk to you guys tonight about the culture of passion for God's word. The culture of passion for God's word. May we be at CA students a culture of the passion for God's word. Will you pray with me really quick? Lord Jesus, I just love you so much, and I just love these people in this room, and I'm just so honored that they would take a second to be here tonight. And so I just bless every single one of them with just a revelation of your love, how you died for them, not just for the world, but for them. If they were the only person on earth, you would have died for them. Lord, I'll let that just sink into each heart right now, God, I pray. I pray for soft hearts, Lord, that we could receive your word. Lord, help us to trust your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In a second, I'm just going to bring up some of the, in fact, staff team, uh, you guys can go ahead and come on up here. Heather, Levi, Jay, Sagarian. I just, I didn't want to just talk to you guys about it because I wanted to bring up some of, some of the, the team and just, I wanted to hear their thoughts too. And so we're going to just kind of have a little panel action going on. But first, um, why do Christ followers believe that God's word is a plumb line? Why do Christ followers believe that God's word is a plumb line? Well, here's a really great thing about Christianity is that it's about things that actually happened. <laughs> like it's about events in history that you can go and research, right? I went to Greece. Like I went to places where like it talked about the Bible actually happening. Not all faiths are like that, by the way. It's not about just, you know, um, philosophies or ideas, but it's about stuff that happened in history. And really it comes down to the event in history of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus, um, that he came, that he lived a, a sinless life, that he died, and that he rose again. And Jesus, who lived his perfect life, he, throughout his whole life, said the word of God, the Old Testament, yeah. 
he authenticated it with the resurrection, right? And then he authorized the New Testament with the giving of the Holy Spirit. So he authenticated with his resurrection the Old Testament, and he authorized the New when he said that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, right? And so one of those verses that the Holy Spirit led Paul to write was 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That means all scripture, right? Every word of the Bible, Old and New Testament, is God-breathed. That's why we love the Bible. That's why Christ followers love the Bible so much and believe the Bible. It's not just a book. It's God's word. And we love God, and so we love his words, right? Man, if you love somebody... You hang on their words. You're excited to know what they're, what they're saying. I love getting to listen to Noelle when she comes home. She tells me these hilarious stories of second graders. They're just so funny. And I just, I just love listening to her. When you love someone, you love their words. And so Jesus authenticated the Old Testament, authorized the New. And then another verse, I love it, First Peter. I think it's um, 2. AJ, can we get that up there? First Peter. Second Peter, my bad. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, and they spoke from God. So, right? The Bible isn't just a bunch of, like, people's ideas, um, even though God used people, um, but they're from God. And one of the, an important idea that uh, Christ followers believe in is the idea of the authority of God's Word, the authority of Scripture, And why do we believe that God's word is authoritative? We believe it's authoritative because it's God's word. (laughs) Because it's not just a human being's word, but it's the God of the universe who loved us, who really came down, who really died and rose again to save us. We believe it's his word, and so we believe it's authoritative. So I'd like you to fill in the blanks on this definition of what it means that the Bible is authoritative. This is an important word um, just to know that Christ followers believe. And that's this, the authority of Scripture means um, that all words in Scripture are God's words in such a way that to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. (laughs) The authority of Scripture means that all words in Scripture are God's words, right? They're the plumb line. They give us reality. Think about it. Like, who gets to define reality? Probably the creator of reality, right? Can you put that back up there? Are God's words in such a way that to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. And guys, we're not saying that, you know, it doesn't mean that it's going to take work to understand. And maybe you're like, I don't know, do I believe that? Like, that's tough. Like, that's a hard thing to wrestle with. Like, we're not saying if you have wrestling that it's like you're automatically not a Christ follower or something like that. But as someone who, if you are, decides to follow Jesus, you do bring your life and say, I believe this is not just a human word, this is God's word. And so I'm going to seek to bring every part of my life um, into submission to this. And so um, I love my, my team so much. I love John, Heather, Levi so much. And I think, though imperfectly, in, around the office, we do have a culture of passion for God's word. We do love talking about God's word. And so I just wanted to take a minute to talk with my friends um, about passion for God's word, and uh, that hopefully you guys could learn something. But listen, we don't see ourselves as like, you know, the experts, the ones who have this totally together. We want this to be a whole family thing, that we all have a passion for God's word. 
So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you guys start talking. Um, but I just wanted to ask, first of all, and I think that those mics are available for you guys to use, by the way, if you could grab those. Um, I guess, first of all, like, do you guys have any follow-up thoughts to some of the things that I just said really quick? Man, when he was talking about Scripture being authoritative, have you, if anyone has a little sibling, have you ever tried to tell your little sibling what to do? How'd it go? Not good, I know. But then, but then you say this, Dad said, <laughs> and if they know what's good for them, they get in line, right? By the way, hi, Dad. Love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That was convenient. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Hey, Dad. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Where when you know that, oh, there's someone else that's actually in charge said this, there's different weight that it carries. And so I encourage you guys to think that way. When, when we share something as pastors, and you're like, mm, well, I don't really like Levi, so I'm not going to do that. He doesn't grow as good of a beard as Jake, so he's probably not as smart. Sound logic, but... Uh, <laughs> But it, you can't just decide based on how you feel about me, how you feel about God's word, because it's not my word, it's God's word. Dad said, right? And so let's, let's continue to have that perspective about scripture as we move forward. All right. What, is, what does passion for God's word look like? What does that look like as a culture? What is, how can we be a culture of passion for God's word? Like, what does that even look like? What is that? So I just want to point out community. Community is very important when talking about God's word. As Jake said, our office does have this culture of us being in God's word, encouraging each other in God's word, and that's very important. Um, for myself, when beginning to be consistent in reading the Bible every day, it was um, a soul journey of me trying to do that, but then my, one of my closest friends began to do that with me, and as we were doing it together, it made it even easier for me to be consistent and to encourage each other and to ask, hey, are you reading today? Hey, are you reading today? You know, in, in our office, we, you know, every now and then we ask, hey, what are you reading today in the Word? And so I just want to emphasize community and how you guys as a youth group um, should be encouraging each other and asking each other, what, what are you reading today? You know, what did you learn today so that you can encourage each other in what the word says because God's word is truth? Yeah, I just think about what Jake said about, you know, this isn't necessarily easy, but it's just so good. And it actually brings freedom. I'm going to talk about the culture piece in a second. Don't worry. Um, it actually just brings so much freedom because... Ooh, the pressure's off. Heather doesn't have to define reality anymore. Heather doesn't have to define what's good and what's evil. And man, like I want to. I almost daily find myself like, you know, kind of, what's the word, like pulled and tempted to do that, you know, to be like, well, I know I'm not supposed to be offended, but like, oh, I'm so offended. You know, but, but, but then I can just be like, you know what, no, like, God's word says to make allowance for each other's faults. And I can just all of a sudden be freed and be like, okay, no, I don't have to decide whether or not to do this or not, or whether or not to believe this way. Or it's just freeing to have that as a standard, as the plumb line in your life. And what's awesome is that because it does take this wrestling and, and figuring it out and 
And some things are really hard in the Bible because it's so different from what culture says. It's literally opposite. And it's opposite of what my, like, Heather nature that's been formed a lot by culture says. So I'm like, no, that can't be right. But God's word says it. And so doing it in community, it's just, it's awesome because we get to bring our wrestlings to each other and be like, man, you guys, like, this is hard. Or I get to talk to Tyler about it or my girlfriends or my life group and just be like, this, like, this is kind of tough because it's so different. And then I get to hear stories of them being like, this is the way it's brought life in my life. This is the way it's brought joy and peace to my life. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't even think about it that way. That's so good. So it's just really important because otherwise I start to like get confused or waver. But in community, you get to hear real life testimonies of how God's word always holds true. And it always brings more life. Like following God's word, gosh, oh, it always brings more life. Every time. It just always does. And when you think it's not going to because it seems opposite, it's literally giving up your life. You're like, how could giving up my life bring more life? Well, the Bible says it's going to bring more life. And it just does. It doesn't make sense. But that's because God's not of this world. Thank God. He's so much bigger than this world. Um, yeah, what does it look like, a culture of passion for God's word? Thanks so much for that, guys. Two things, if you want to write these down, you can. I think it's taking action to enjoy it, (laughs) and it's taking action to obey it. Taking action to enjoy the Bible? Hmm, that's a different concept, enjoying God, enjoying the Bible. Wow, yeah. What if we made that our goal, that we would enjoy God? We would enjoy God's word taking action to enjoy it, taking an action to obey it. And then the third, let's talk about that. And let's talk yeah. about the journey together. So like, what does this really look like? It's like, what if like when you came to say students, not in like a proud or like prideful way, it's not about that, but it's in a genuine, humble way. It's like, hey, like, you know, like, hey, I've been, I, I've been trying this, like to do this and like read God, God's word. How about you? Like, what are you reading? Hey, do you want to read this with me? Like, like ultimately, as we're on this journey of creating a culture like Christ, really as we're on a journey of following Jesus and joining his mission, his word is our treasure. It's our plumb line. It's what's going to keep us together. It's what's going to be our reference point, our anchor. So we would talk about it, right, on that journey of, hey, how you doing and taking action to enjoy God's word? How you doing and taking action to obey God's word? Um, my next question is, like, for those of us who are like, man, I've tried <laughs> and I'm just not there right now. Like, what are some ways to cultivate a culture of passion for God's word in our own life, but also in our collective life? How do we cultivate that, enjoying God's word and obeying God's word? I think how you approach scripture and what you think scripture is really determines how you experience it. So if you think it's just a bunch of rules or a bunch of like, oh, where did these stories come from? Is that poetry? Someone's prophesying? What's happening? Like, if you, if you come at Scripture uh, not understanding what it is, then it's going to be much harder to engage with. And if it's much harder to engage with, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much, and you'll spend more time confused uh, rather than basking in the glory and awesomeness of God, right? And so something that really shifted everything for me was when I understood the whole story of the Bible. The, the Bible's one unified story that leads to Jesus, right? And the whole Bible is about Jesus. Fun fact. It's not just the four books of the gospel. The whole front half 
It's actually more like two-thirds. It's actually more like three-quarters. It's, it's called the Old Testament. It's all leading up to Jesus, and then there's Jesus, and then everyone's talking about Jesus and looking forward to when Jesus comes again, right? And so the more you're able to see the whole Bible as one continuous story uh, talking about Jesus, the more you find Jesus in every page of Scripture, the more you'll be able to relate to it and enjoy it. Uh, because Jesus is the one we have the relationship with. And so when we bring that relationship to each page of the Bible, that's when you're able to connect with it. What if we talked about like what we're reading in the Bible as much as or more than what shows we're watching, wow. you guys? Like That's such a common Ooh. question that we ask each other. And that's good. We talk about that in the office too, which is fun. But we talk about the Bible and what we're reading more, which I think is sweet. Um, because that's really what's going to change our life, right? Like, yeah, Netflix is cool, but no, not that cool. Um, and then, man, yes. <laughs> oh, I was going to say something else. Oh, you guys, here, Jake's question based on that. I want you guys each to identify the biggest hurdle, the biggest thing that's in the way of you and reading scripture, because it might be totally different than the person next to you. Maybe just sit with the Bible and be like, what about this seems so insurmountable? Like, what, what is it? Maybe it's that you just don't understand it, like Levi said. Maybe you do understand it. Maybe you like have this amazing family that just taught you about the Bible your whole life, or you've just really paid attention at kids' church. I don't know, but... And CA students, yeah. Maybe you do know about the whole Bible, but you just don't have this, like, spark and, like, love and excitement for reading it. Maybe it's simply that you want to, but you don't get enough planning and you don't sleep, you know, enough, so you can't, like, wake up early enough. But identify, like, what is the thing? And then attack it. Passion means that you're willing to suffer for something. With friends, our accountability. Yes. Help you attack it tell people like, you know, this is what I think. I remember I, to call you guys out, I would meet with Kate and Sarah and I remember asking them like, okay, what's the thing? Like, what's the thing for all of us? That's like the, the obstacle in the way. And they both were able to like eventually identify it. And we made a plan to like change it and address it and like, okay, well let's do these different things so that like this changes. So passion means willing to suffer. And like, what are you willing to do to get that obstacle out of the way to read God's word and develop a culture of loving it? Yeah. So I want to share some. Great, bro. <laughs> really, really quick, really quick. So you guys might think um, reading the Bible might not, or reading the Bible every day might not be for me. It might not be for everyone. If you're taking notes, write this down. It is God's will for you to read the Bible and seek him each and every day. It is God's will for you to do that. And so it is God's will, Simeon. Um, yeah, and so it's God's will, and we also have to put our own effort side by side with God's will to do that. And so my, my dad raising me would ask me, hey, John, are you reading the Bible? You know, like a great father he was would ask. And so... You know, I would say, yeah, I'm trying to read the Bible. But he would ask, are you really each and every day, are you opening the word and seeking God? Are you in prayer and asking him? Prayer is so important while you're seeking God through the word. And so I want to uh, urge you guys to pray and ask God to give you the thirst of the word. And because it is his will for you to do that, he will give you that thirst for the word. 
Go ahead and preach, bro. Come on. I also want to say, if you don't feel like it, you don't need to be held captive by your feelings, right? Like, if you don't feel like reading the Bible, that doesn't mean that reading the Bible is not right for you. (laughs) It just means that you need to say no to your feelings and do what's right and what's good. I don't always feel like working out, but after I've worked out, I'm always glad I did. You know, and sometimes it takes retraining of our mind. Oh, hey, the Bible talks about that, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sometimes it talks about your mind needs to be renewed. Something needs to shift and a new normal needs to be formed, right? But that doesn't happen by doing what you feel like doing. If for something to shift, you need to do something that you don't feel like doing or else nothing will shift. Does that make sense? So you need to take initiative uh, and start doing it. And you'll see that's when, when Jake said you need to cultivate a desire for it and uh, to obey it, the more you do either one of those, the more you'll see the other one grow. That's so the true. more you obey scripture, the more you'll be like, man, I like this stuff. So the more true. you enjoy it, the more you'll be like, I got to do this. That's true. You know? And so wh- what's it going to take, CA students? Take your first step, whatever it looks like. Uh, don't, don't rely on what you feel like. Don't be captive to your feelings. Uh, but take steps forward to what is best. That's so good. I could listen to you guys talk all day. Um, just a couple couple things. Uh, I know that there are a lot of us that, you know, have questions and are like, man, I need to learn, you know, and I need help. And so please just know, like, the leaders here, your friends here, like, we're here. We just want to help, and we want to be of service to you. There's so many great resources. I love this thing called the Bible Project. It's so helpful. It's all these awesome animation videos that just such great biblical scholarship. I really like this book. It's called Why Trust the Bible um, by Greg Gilbert. My life group went together through it. And I think it was really fruitful. But there's just, there are just so many, yeah. There are so many great resources uh, out there that can really strengthen your faith. Yeah. Why Trust the Bible by Greg Gilbert is a great one, but there are so many books like that. Because, again, like, this is about like, what happened in history. This is true. And so, CA students, let's do this together. Let's have a passion for God's word. Let's be a culture of love and enjoying and obeying God's word.